Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Two games to discuss tonight, considering the fact we hardly ever win. We can be forgiven to wish <laughs> for discussing the Southampton game in more detail than the whole game. But uh, the game is relevant as it was possibly the first peer through the window we've had into how Gus Poyet is likely to have his teams play into the future. Discussing with Gareth Barker and myself, Stephen Goldsworth, is Richard Mason from the Northern Echo, who you are all well aware of by now. And we have Paul Dobson, a.k.a. Sobs, who we all know from A Love Supreme. Something I've been mean ask you for a while, Richard. Last time we were on and we were commenting on how quiet your voice was, you came into the mic and said, "I've been working on that," and that I should have asked you how you've been working on it. I've been, I've been very interested in this. It's uh, just vocal exercises, you know, <laughs> clearing the throat and you still know, need to come closer <laughs> to the mic. <laughs> <laughs> just, just singing it, singing in the car, basically. Right. It says. Projecting the voice. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that voice again. No, yeah, well, sorry, yeah. I won't. Okay. If that's what you're doing, yeah. stop it. Yeah, okay. Right, we are going to brush over the whole game though, because unfortunately we have to. But fortunately for us, we had a win midweek. I know it was only a League Cup game, but I want to get on to the fact the whole game. Then, um, Richard, you were there mm. reporting on the game. Now, I said in last week's pod, I thought that he would keep the same side he played against Newcastle. I thought he would treat it in a similar way, take a pragmatic approach again. He did make one change only, so it weren't far away. But, but how was the t- the team set up? Was it was it as simple as four four two off the ball, four three three on the ball, or what? Mm, basically, it was it was very similar to Newcastle in that it was a four four two with kind of with Barini as a as an outside as an outside left, I guess, mm-hmm. kind of a left left winger who didn't really do much in terms of coming inside. Um, whereas you had uh, Larson on the right, who played a, a lot more, a lot more of a role in the game, kind of coming into the middle, almost playing as like a third central midfielder, as as he did against Newcastle. Um, but but we didn't really see that much of it on the day, yeah. Um, because Sunderland didn't have a lot of the ball when they did, they wasted it. Uh, a lot of the time they were in defence against Hull, who weren't really pulling up much trades with with what they were doing. It was just. A very kind of scrappy game up 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 until about forty odd minutes when mm. when Westwood got his injury and that 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 set the tone for the rest of the half. Did it become in, did it turn into a bit of a midfield battle like we thought he was going to try and stop the Newcastle centre midfielders from playing? But Huddleston seeing quite a lot of the ball. Huddleston Huddleston and Livermore were their two central central midfield and they they saw a lot of the ball and they yeah. they needed to be kept quiet. Which I think was um, the was would have been the plan. Yeah, similar to the Kabay and Tiote thing. Yeah, what you know the difference was. Maybe maybe for Newcastle, Kabay and Tioti posed a lot a lot a lot smaller chance a lot lot smaller threat than uh, than Hull did. But that said, it was a scrappy game up until up until up until the sendings off. It was it was very very scrappy. It wasn't wasn't an advert for the Premier League at all. Um, the the intensity that that you saw from from the Derby game wasn't there. Uh, certainly from Sunderland's part, um, Hull didn't play like they had a point to prove. You know, they didn't seem to be 
set up for the game as if you know Steve Bruce had kicked them out the backside mm. and said go and be my old team will you um, just inside the so comfort zone then it, ju- it just seemed to be a slow pedestrian high on mistakes both sides weren't really doing much with the ball you know Hull got Hull got the noses in front thanks to Sunderland scoring it for them um, and the 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 five minute stoppage for the for the for the Westwood in- injury was kind of killed any any impetus the game had anyway so mm, that's the thing I mean I know Gareth you had opinions on on the team selection and stuff but as I keep saying I thought Poyet would keep the same side he did only make one change and he was praised for being bold against Newcastle for for making that change um, he's proved his pragmatism I think when you look at the but when you look at the varying re- results and performances against Swansea and Newcastle, you relate them to each other. I think it was logically set himself up to go and grind out a result as he did against Newcastle. But you weren't particularly happy, Gareth, with the team selection way. I mean, that was just the way I, saw, I called it before the game. And I just think he was unlucky to an extent we got two players sent off. You've got to remember that as well. Um, yeah, I just thought that there was a logic to the selection in the Newcastle game. Um, going into this, the the whole game with practically the same team, fair enough. But he changed the shape. Sort of Larson was playing more again as a centre midfielder, um, like really. And you know, I don't know. I just kind of thought like a lot of people made a lot about the sort of square pegs and square holes thing, and then we kind of went back to the things that haven't been working in a game that maybe if we'd gone in with the same approach as we did against Newcastle. Uh, might have worked, so um, that was. Just, I was a bit, dis- bit disappointed about that personally. That was mm. that was, and then obviously, but you could see what he's trying to do in the Premier League now. He, like you saw Newcastle's result at the weekend, if you stay in the game long enough, and then you get you can work up a bit of a head of steam, get your chances, and take them, then then you've got a chance against anybody. And I think maybe he went to the game whole thing, and we'll we'll stay in the game, and then I'll make my changes, and impact the game. But like like you were saying, you know, the sendings off obviously. Uh, hindered that that's the thing uh, Paul um, um, you've got to sympathise them to an extent because like Gareth just said there you're in a game if you keep it tight now Gus Poyet's obviously picked a team he thought would do that maybe take the sting out of the game he would have then thought he had Johnson Jackarini key players like this on the bench to come correct and, yeah. Y- yeah to come on and elevate the team you know mid game that all goes out the window if you get two players sent off though, exactly you can't, you, can't, you can't have a plan B if your plan A goes out the window and you've got to replace it uh, I agree to a certain extent that Barini was one of the square pegs in a round hole down the left-hand side. If he's going to play him, and he was always hoping he'd get a spectacular goal or an ordinary goal out of him, he wanted to be in the middle behind either a front one or a front two. But that would have been losing both wings. As uh, Gareth said, mm-hmm. Larson tended to drift inside a bit and become more central. Mm-hmm. And obviously the second half, he had to do that anyway. But the first half, it would have been nice had we had Johnson there to pick them open a little mm-hmm. bit down the left-hand side and get some balls into the box. Certainly, Richard. Three players on the bench like that we've never we've never had in a while here at Sunderland. And I guess I, I guess he was just being. We keep using this word pragmatism. Um, it's 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 encouraging that he's shown this though, isn't it? After the Swansea game, because perhaps he went into that a little bit too open-minded. Mm, I mean, uh, and he's tried to keep it the same. He's ground out a result. He showed us he can do that. Yeah. Was he right to do it at Hull? Because I thought he was personally. I think what he did going into the whole game, he had. He, he he felt it was necessary to kind of reward the players that 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 did the job against against Newcastle, and also the system did kind of work 
against well, it did work against Newcastle and it looked as though 10 minutes before kickoff it was going to go for like for like Hull were going to have four in midfield as well um, they got the extra man with Mela replacing Sonny Aluko who, uh, who got injured just before kickoff so that gave them the extra man in midfield that might have given a little bit of an advantage to Hull um, on the day I mean, it's it's early days. He hasn't had a pre-season. He, he all he gets to see of the players is what he sees on training ground and you know ninety minutes of a game so far. So it's it's difficult for him to make the right decision to start off with. I mean, he made a mistake against Swansea, but that was you know he had two days two days mm. with the team before that. Absolutely, yeah. So um, I'm going to leave that there at this game then, so we can talk about last night because we've, we've, we're going to talk about the Man City game as well, and we've got a guest on so. And for everybody's sanity as well, everybody be happy. You know, we we don't get many wins here, so it's, it's it's you know we want to speak about wins as much as we can. Last night was only cup game, but it was relevant, and that Poya tried to break away from this pragmatism. Gareth, he's implemented implemented what we would imagine now would be what he wants from his side long term. He hasn't he last night? There was a, certainly a, a feel that what what's to come was you know there was green shoots there. Um, he was trying to work from side to side and create the space. Um, there was a bit of frustration, wasn't there? A few people were sort of getting a bit annoyed, you know, get up the field and all that. But like he said in his his email after the game, which is really interesting because usually those emails are a bit, you know, you know, thank we, you know, we'd like to win the game and we played really well and thanks to the supporters. Bye. It, it, you know, there was actually some <laughs> substance to it. You know, he was talking about how this is the way we're going to play it and if you get the ball getting the ball forward too quickly sometimes can result in you giving away too easily um, and you definitely saw like for me tactically as well first 15 minutes you know Southampton had a lot of it and you know he changed some things and uh, you know got us back into the game and then we were the ones on the in, in possession of the ball like Southampton were the first 15 minutes so mm-hmm. I mean Southampton Paul came flying out the blocks uh, this was Essentially, their their second string team. They came flying at the box and uh, fly, flying out the blocks, and they, they were never going <laughs> to say it again. <laughs> yeah, out the, <laughs> block, <laughs> out the blocks. They were never going to sustain that weather, really. And I think it was a, it was a great opportunity for the side to start to implement Gus's ideas, and it came through, didn't it? Like Gareth saying there, you know, it stood out a mile the way we kept the ball. Yeah, I mean, they'd, they'd obviously been told, and they'd been there were people like Bardsley. Say, you know, he's trying to resurrect his career. He's saying, I'm going to do what the boss says. If I have to try and play football at left back, we'll try and play football at left back. He got in a tangle a couple of times, as he said, when Southampton were flying for the first quarter of an hour. And people, as Gareth said, were getting a little bit uppity mm. because it was all Brown, Manoni, O'Shea. Yeah, yeah. Brown, Manoni, O'Shea. But you could see once we got ahead a bit more on top after a quarter of an hour or so, we were passing it further up the field, and Southampton found it harder to get at us even though they did get behind us a couple of times filled with the final mm-hmm. ball um, but people like Key was playing in his, his sort of role it, in front of the, yeah. the centre halves he wasn't sort of getting the ball and making a pass he was taking an extra touch to make sure he could get the ball mm-hmm. where he wanted to go to somebody's feet if you couldn't see a pass don't hit and hope Mm-hmm. We're going to call that role the Liam Bridcut role now, yeah. <laughs> because every nobody's ever played that position before him. But uh, that that's made for key. I think we'll get onto that in a little bit. Richard, the fans' reaction was a little bit interesting, wasn't it? Sobs just mentioned there the ball was going back between the back four, and people were getting a little bit agitated. But to be fair to Sunderland fans, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt that this might this I think this would pass pretty quickly because mm. under previous managers, 
if this situation developed, people would get stressed because it would just be a fact of the defenders not knowing what they're doing. The ball's like a hot potato. You have it, you have it, you have it. The difference this time is it was clearly planned. Yeah, I mean, I found that a lot of games that I cover, the fans seem to be really unhappy if, if the ball isn't moved forward as quickly as possible. And mm-hmm. I, I don't understand. It's, a, it's, an, I, old, it's, it's an old school mentality, it's, isn't it? it it's, I don't understand it, why a sideways pass shouldn't be you know, shouldn't be celebrated. You know, long periods of possession can't be a bad thing. Mm. And as, as Poyet said himself, you can't you can't concede a goal if you've got the ball. Mm. Well, that, that's 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 the ultimate rule. Playing playing football yourself, you know, the opposition can't get the ball. You can't score. I've, I've done a lot of coaching, and that that's what you do. Gareth, you made a point before the mics came on that fans on watch teams come here, dominate possession, mm. and complain about it, and then complain about it when well, we, we try and do it. Yeah. I think I, you know you saw that you did see that yesterday. I thought like we did, we barely got a kick for the first five minutes, did we? Couldn't That's get right. the ball, um, and it was people starting to get frustrated. Mm. But you just got to. They were never going to maintain that. That was but, pl- yeah. But I mean, it's interesting because a lot of people have thrown this thing out. Oh, it was Southampton's second string. You got to remember that Southampton obviously got a, a system or a, what's the what's the buzzword that we're all using a, a philosophy. Mm. Um, in their player and, and, and they brought people, sure, yeah, and yeah. they've changed their full team and they had some good. I mean, Jay Rodriguez, who's now been called England squad, Ramirez was in there, um, you, you know, the, and Cork, who was pretty big player for the last season. So they had some decent players in there, you know. And yes, there was it was you know dotted around a few of the 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 lads, the sort of the younger lads that maybe we'd expect to have played in the previous years in the cup and succumbed to a League Two opposition or whatever. So. Um, yeah, I just thought, you know, I think it was a bit unfair because they know they they used to play in there together in some ways, whereas I think we just find our feet still. And I thought there's quite a bit of negative sort of chat after the game. I noticed on social network and stuff like that, kind of people saying it was, you know, wasn't very good and all this. But you know, won the won the game, and the, there was evidence. There was evidence of something different. You know, the mm-hmm. thing we've been promised. Promised all summer we're going to see this, we're going to see that, and it never materialised. You know, Poyet's come in and said, "I'm going to do this eventually," and there's signs that he's actually going to do what he said he's going to do. So that's got to be a positive thing, surely. Mm. It was a perfect game, Paul, in that respect, wasn't it? For, because it wasn't a league game; there wasn't points at stake. Yeah, he so could try something yeah. different, and it, it was a, it was nice to say, as Gareth said, that uh, that's his philosophy. And it's probably if it was a league game, he might have said, "Right, oh, we won't try that yet. We'll just try who in the box get some points on the board, then we'll settle down." turn into Barcelona mm-hmm. but it, it was nice last night to see people who you're not used to see trying to hold on to the ball yeah. were moving it around giving it going getting it with a bit of space taking it back and like you run the steam out of the opposition mm-hmm. that way Let's Liam Bridcut roll Richard <laughs> this is Key's position to lose isn't it yeah I, mean, I, I always kind of earmarked Key as being that playing that role anyway um, just going from what, what he said in an interview that I had bef- just about three days before De Canio was sacked actually and he said he's at his most comfortable when he's collecting the ball from the goalkeeper and moving the ball from defence into, into midfield into attack yeah. and kind of being that water carrier that mm-hmm. Didier Deschamps uh, almost kind of Claude McAuley kind good, of role long, be two, long before Liam yeah. Bridcutt was doing it but <laughs> There's going to be two or three raw layers mm-hmm. ahead of him now as well isn't yeah. there? So yeah. I'd like to say people have done it obviously before Liam Bridcutt North Matea springs to mind a little bit um, we're not. We're not, <laughs> not going to get carried so away. No, we're not making there. that comparison. Well, on, no, yeah. not from a talent perspective. Um, <laughs> Gareth would have talked about Phil Bardsley. I don't want to just you know follow this narrative where everybody just bashes Phil Bardsley for the hell of it. Um, 
what Can you I bash thought, him for a reason? <laughs> what, what I thought was interesting last night was I thought Jack Arrini's game suffered because of because of Phil Bardi. You know, I'm not I'm not having a go at him unnecessarily. What, what I mean is because he's right footed, he was unable to play the ball down the line on his left, and he, he, mm. he to be fair to him, he isn't really match fit yet. I wouldn't have thought, mm. so he couldn't overlap either. So Jack Arrini's game suffered because of this. I thought. Well, I think Jack Rini's game suffered anyway because he was playing from the left, and I don't think really that's his position. We've no, seen that he's yeah. he's better he's better utilised as a as a front player. I mean, that's something. It was funny because sort of before the game, he looked at the team. He thought, well, there was talk of a Christmas tree. I know Chris Young was saying Christmas tree formation it's going to be, and then people were saying, well, it could be a four two three one, it could be a four five one, it could be a four four two, whatever. Um, and these formations yeah, he, he are pretty set, similar when, when you get on the field. To be but he set up, with, but you could well from where I sit. East End it was interesting because it was kind of the shape of the team was interesting I thought it was almost like a staggered four across the middle with Key and behind and then kind of sort of Gardner was the one joining in trying to join in up front with Altidore um, and I, I thought Jack Arini would be the one who was more advanced of the midfielders but and, and Johnson on the left and, and maybe you know somebody else to the right so um, yeah I mean I'd, he I looked mean, better on the right on the right as he well. He did, but it just, I don't think that's I just don't think that's his no, game over here. It's, it's like going back to junior school. If the tricky players with the ball or stick them on the wing and yeah. go past somebody, yeah, that, that happened to me when I was at school <laughs> all the time. It stuck out on the wing. It didn't every time. No. <laughs> but yeah, um, it's 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 a funny one with Jack Arini because you know I've, we're talking about Bardi actually. Sorry. So do you want to talk about Bardi first and then Jack Arini with Bardsley? Like you say, in effect, the Jack Arini's no, game. I think, I think we've done Jack Arini now. I think that's you true. Get on a Bardi if you okay. want. That. No, I'm just saying that's true to an extent. Yeah. You know what you're saying about Bardi, but I thought generally Jack Arini was a bit disappointing last night, and I think, um, you know, he probably, he probably, he, he, he didn't. Do you think he looked like he fancied it? Did mm. like? Let's be honest. Did you look at him and think, oh, he's up for this? Because I, no. I honestly didn't. No, no. If he played like Altidore had played. He'd have probably got his leg broken by running into things, but he, he didn't like you say he lacked a little bit of zip. Mm. He mm. didn't look like he wanted to go down the line and then create something. Mm. He was well, just he's getting a lot of arm waving, getting frustrated, mm. and I, I mean, he's Ita- a Italians player. wave the arms about. It's just yeah. something that do. But you mentioned uh, Alidor there, certainly somebody who did have that bit of zip in his performance. Richard, he's very unorthodox, Alidor in his technique. Mm. I think. Um, the comparisons to Emil Heskey become more obvious to me. I think in the way that he frustrates people, because he's like I said, his technique isn't unorthodox, but he manages to hold on the ball. He's very, very strong, isn't he? And his sec- second yeah. half, particularly, he he was he made a big, big impact. I think a- he, again, similar, was, similar to the Newcastle. Yeah, yeah. I mean, last night he was as good as he was against Newcastle. Against Hull, I, something had gone wrong against Hull. I don't know. Don't know what happened. Maybe they got the wrong Aldador and put him on the bus I don't know because his touch his touch at, at Hull was, was awful I mean he was quite rightly uh, quite rightly hauled off after after 40, 40 odd minutes and um, but last night it, it seemed to be the, the out the door that, that fans seem to have grown up uh, some kind of affection for um, uh, he's right about being a, a Marmite player I don't think I think I don't think I've anyone I've seen anyone who goes oh he's alright mm. there's people going oh he's great it's like the Newcastle games was kind of an I- ideal Ideal example of that. Mm-hmm. Half the fans were saying he was great, and a lot of the fans who stayed at home said he was. Well, that was the other way around, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the fans at the, the ground were saying he was. Yeah, he yeah. Wasn't that he, good. Looked, he looked better on the telly. Yeah, yeah, he, looked, he, yeah, did, yeah. he did. He did. Oh, yeah. Paul, Paul, um, yeah. who who veiled? I think was the centre half. Who was playing? Heufeld. Paul Heufeld. 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 
Right, okay. Yes, I felt yeah. from where I was sat. <laughs> <laughs> he um, he tried to fail Alador all game. He did. He, 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 he generally failed. Um, strong lad, Alador, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, he'd run through that wall for you, mm-hmm. he, he, and he, he really enjoys it. I think. And this is the a more strong you try, it, the more they try and kick him, the more he'll stand there and say, "Come on, try and with not so much kicking, it's pulling him over and mm-hmm. such." But he, that's part of the game, and that's why people. The ones that do like Marmite, the ones that mm. they say, right, I appreciate that mm-hmm. in a centre forward. He's he's doing that. He's not he's not getting frustrated. He's not turning around and, mm. and doing what he did, Alan Hutton, all those years ago. <laughs> he's he's saying, come on, you, you're not hurting us, you're not frightening us. I'll keep mm. going. And for the last twenty minutes, because I thought we're pushing forward more, he just ran them ragged. Then he was absolutely unplayable. And you for can that f- time. you can forgive the lack of goals if he's going to put them oh, on a yeah. plate for like the I mean, one he did was for Lawson. for him, well. shoot, 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 because it yeah, was opening yeah. up, and you just said Davis yeah. is going to drop one before the end of the game, mm-hmm. but he, he he laid it in perfectly for mm-hmm. for Larson. Perfectly, he's, got, he's ball, got a lot of quality in those positions. Is some of his like they were, we set Gardner up early in the second half with a really nice little flick inside yes, on like on the volley. He just seems to have. He's, I think he's just a true centre forward. Like that's all. You, that's what you got to say to him. I think you just got to, you know, because now forwards often it's like, well, we can shunt a forward out wide. We can expect him to do this. We can expect him to do that. I just think he's a bit of a throwback. I just stick him up there and just yep. say, hold it, bring other people in. But we don't get the ball to him enough. There's no, but he, he prefers know. it at his feet yeah. through a great big block because yeah. he, to be honest, in the air he's not spectacularly good. No. Uh, but if you play it on the ground, over his shoulder or whatever, running a goal, he loves it. And you forget he's only twenty. I mean, he's only twenty-four. He's twenty-four yesterday. Um, he's just seen see, because he's been around a long time. You kind of think, mm. you know, but he's still young. You know, he's still got. For, especially if he's going to be a, a true centre forward, he's got. I mean, look at like Quinny didn't come into his own until he was thirty. Thirty, yeah. perhaps. Yeah. Mm. You know, Sheringham was going it's long. Certainly going to be interesting. His, um, yeah. How he how he fits him and Fletcher, in which we will come to when we get on to the Man City game. Last player before we move on, we're going to speak to Sam Rosbottom, who's a journalist um, down in Manchester and a contribute contributor to Blue Moon podcast down that way. Um, last player I want to mention, Richard Wes Brown. Mm. Excellent, I thought. Yeah, he was he was great for forty five minutes on on Saturday in the in the circumstances that were presented to him. You know, here's here's forty five minutes. You're not going to come off if you come off the down to the down to eight men. So you've got to stay fit. Um, and he did that job brilliantly, and he carried that on into last night as well. Whether he can make it into a third game in a week or third game in eight days on uh, on Sundays is a different matter. But mm. keeping him fit is half the battle. How helpful um, for this is Gareth? Gareth sorry, um, is it is it this the John O'Shea as well? We had a discussion. Mm couple of weeks ago when Poyet first came about how this system would suit John O'Shea I personally still think he's going to struggle in it I think last night he spooned a couple and a lot of people will say you will get used to the system etc however I think you know if, if, if you've got you've either got that or you haven't really um, but he looks a lot better when Wes Brown's alongside him doesn't he, he a does. lot better significantly better I think the ones he spooned were where he'd been put in, put in, the, in, in under pressure from bad balls or when, he, mm. when he, he's basically gone I'm gonna to have to get rid of it because yeah. I can't pl- I can't play this out. It happens on football. You have to, unfortunately, yeah. Well, you have to do. He has to do it. Those were in, those were intelligence spoons. Like you know <laughs> what I mean. Like it's not just. He's not like he's not misplaced it. He's gone. I'm just gonna to have to hike it because I don't know. I thought a couple. Do you I think? Um, yeah. I mean, the, the, I mean, him and Bardsley got himself into a mess a couple of times, didn't they? Yeah. I mean, but that, in fairness to Bardsley as well, playing. I felt. I felt it. You know, maybe even early in the second half, you might have. 
just taken Bardsley <clears> off and shifted uh, Colbat left back and brought on a, another centre midfielder just because every time the ball was going out to, to Bardsley he would have to get it back on his right foot he was almost yeah. running around the ball at times right. and it's stopping it's slowing it down so you know you're not getting that fluency and you're passing and, that's, and then it's a bobbly ball back to O'Shea and then it's a spoon pass and it's that sort of stuff mm. um, but I think that that's something that would have helped O'Shea but having Brown alongside him you could see the pair of them look far more comfortable but Brown's you know you forget how good Brown actually is mm. He's re- he is a really good player and we've really missed him Like he kind of glues our back four together Paul doesn't he when he plays he Brown. does he's it just looks so it just it looks complete almost when you when you observe it you the back four when, he, when he's playing if he's not captain he's still organising people are watching to see where to go relative to him and then he makes the space to give the ball back to people and I, I don't think he wasted a pass last night which no, is no. That's what I'm saying about on the ball compared to Oshie. You, mm-hmm. we, you will have, you will get dodgy passes and people are putting the pressure when you're playing for Sunderland. That's, you've, you've got to be better. You're an international player, you're a Premier League player, you've got to be better, in my opinion. We will discuss more about which system we think Gus might implement against Manchester City after, or no, I read about the same time we're going to speak with Sam. That's coming up in part two. <laughs> are going to speak to Sam Rosbottom now who's um, as I've mentioned a journalist down Manchester and contributor to Blue Moon podcast um, Richard before we just speak to Sam um, we're speaking about Poyet's sort of pragmatism almost if you like to call it that in the side he picked against Newcastle the setup, tried to replicate that at Hull as we know mm. almost as we've just said used his Southampton game a cup game you know, the safety the fact it was a cup game to implement his ideas more is he going to revert back now? Because Manchester City, you know, we're talking about his new philosophy, keeping the ball. Manchester City aren't ideal in the respect that you're going to go and want and try and keep the, keep the ball away from them when this is still very much a new thing you're going through. I, th- I think you can you can go out with a sensible outlook. You can go out to kind of defend and counter-attack. And I think keeping the ball can be a big part of that. I mean, they, they've got to kind of look at it and know that they won't have... They probably won't have the ball for about sixty, seventy percent of the time, but you know, you know, if they get the running and chasing correct, and once they've got the ball to look after it, this shouldn't really be a problem. Whether whether that's a massive kind of compromise in the in the style that they play, mm. um, it's it's the way you've got to play, really. It's going to be interesting. It's a game he could have done with Lee Catamol for that's for sure. <laughs> um, we all we all got to clutch at the straws that we've beat Man City the last three years here, <laughs> and we say every year we can't do it again. Sam, does that have any bearing? Do you think down that way or not? <laughs> Um, I think you mentioned there the past three seasons you beat us. Um, it's definitely in the forefront of all City fans' minds and um, the record at Sunderland. But you know, it, it, it's almost as if now uh, with Pellegrini, it's almost like a new dawn sort of thing. So, I mean, we, we've seen with the Everton um, earlier this season, we comfortably breezed past them, which um, you know, it, past season it's been a bit of a struggle at home for us, Everton. So, um, you know, I, I think sort of confidence going into this fixture amongst City fans is a, is a, bit, a lot higher than it will have been previously maybe under um, a different regime mm-hmm. Now you're coming off the back of scoring, is it 12 goals in two games? Yeah, it was 7-0 against Norwich, 5-2 against CSK mm. Which straw we're going to clutch at now, Gareth? <laughs> Over, overconfidence maybe? Are we stretching oh, that, we that one? They've scored all the goals that they're allowed to score in a week <laughs> <laughs> That's the... I, think, I think the one thing as well is you look at the it's high scoring goals but it's all 
pretty much different goal scorers apart from obviously on uh, on on Tuesday it was Negredo and uh, Aguero. But you're looking at Norwich game, different goal scorers, um, which is you know speaks volumes to how attacking this City team is and how you know how much damage it can do if you um, if you're not tight in defence, which Norwich weren't. And um, I mean, I'm not too sure how Poyet uh, got the the Sunderland players trained up to be in defence, but um, it could it could be one of those games where you know if you're not too careful, it could do a lot of damage. Well, we haven't cl- we haven't kept a clean sheet yet, so um, Paul <laughs> Paul uh, sometimes these sort of games bring the best out in Sunderland in a sense where the games where they go and everybody's concentration's got to be a hundred percent for ninety minutes. That's generally brought the best out of Sunderland in recent times, hasn't it? It has done, yeah. And like we've mentioned several times, the, the, the City games over the last few seasons, you know, the the players have raised raised the games. The, the, there's been a City player who's who's missed a chance. We've taken a, we've taken our chance, but they, they do raise it. You think like people like Adam Johnson, who's obviously still whatever you do say, you have a point to prove against a former club. Mm. He, he did it last year, Scored so you, last you year, hope, yeah. hope that he does it again this year. And the, you know their personnel's changed quite a bit since he was there, so there might be a few who don't know quite understand his tricks, and he might yeah. get the better of him. You hope so, anyway. Lee cut them all a big miss, Gareth, because closing down, and keeping shape. When he's head screwed on, he's a, he's the best at it, isn't he? That we've got. Yeah, he has been for some years. Yeah, definitely. Um, but like 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 we've said. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Um, I think we've seen, I know Vaughn was involved in, in the last win and he's been involved in games against City and stuff and like you say these are the types of players that we've got that do I think do thrive when they're just told to do one thing and nothing else so you know like we did in the derby you know break the play up do this do that you know if we can do that and concentrate I don't think we'll miss Catamull too much in the context of this game Um, I think you know that that is going to be the key thing, like like you have said. You know, we're going to have to, you know, pick a team to do a job. Mm-hmm. Um, Back to pragmatism again, mm. isn't it, Sam? Um, is there any is there any chance of overconfidence there? I know you've lost a couple of games. You, you wouldn't expect Man City to lose this season. You've just scored twelve goals, as I said. Sunderland are having an awful season. Is there any chance of that? Do you think? Um, I think you, you mentioned there Sunderland need to be 100% com, uh, concentrated I think the same with City really you look at the away form it's been abysmal it's what's let the team down in, um, in and it's what made it's not what's made them where they are in the table at the minute they're away form because at home you know they're, they're a completely different side it, um, I mean they got the first uh, away win against West Ham so I mean confidence is high um, from that but still 
maintaining that 100% confidence um, away from home is, is definitely key. And, you know, you look at, although it's only two games that Payet's played at home, uh, he's won both of them. And, um, you know, the, the crowd up there are, are really get behind the team. And, you know, it's one of those games, isn't it, where everyone's going to be up for it, like you mentioned. Uh, you know, you've got Adam Johnson, who's going to want to prove a point. The one thing for me is, um, I think, where a lot of confidence comes from is, is City's midfield. I think, um, at the minute, there's, I think there's only really Bayern Munich that have that have overcome that midfield. And, obviously, we saw how devastating that was. But I think that's where... Um, you know, teams win and lose against Manchester City. You look at um, how the likes of uh, Aguero and Agredo uh, with David Silva and Sami Nasri get forward, but then it's the likes of Yaya Torre and Fernandinho, which bomb on, which really cause defences problems. And I think that the, the battle is going to be in midfield, and that's that's where ultimately a game is won for City. So I I always sort of see Man City as a team where I think if you if you can defend the edge of the eighteen yard box. Like if you if you just put two banks of four or a bank of four and a bank of five on the edge of that eighteen yard box, I often see well under Mancini anyway, and we definitely saw that at Sunderland because I think that's what we did. They always seem to find it difficult to get that final pass to to create the chance, the the good chance in the game. Is that something that Pellegrini's managed to um, sort of overcome? Do you think you you're a bit more clinical when you get it in around the box? Um, I think so, but you look at Cardiff, the likes of Cardiff and Aston Villa where they've lost away at home and they were very, very organised. I mean, even Hull at the Etihad came very organised and they did very well. They were very unlucky not to um, get a better result in terms of, you know, City winning 2-0. So I think if um, if things do manage to stay organised, then it'll, it'll certainly um, sort of halt to City to a certain extent. But you look now, the likes of... Um, Jesus Navas who's okay he's not starting but at the minute he's coming off from the bench but what an option that is to bring on um, a bit of width something that City haven't had for a long time um, who can play out wide take a man on and put you know an absolute world class ball into the box for the likes of uh, Negredo or Dzeko so there is that option as well for Pellegrini and he has introduced um, that more you know width play option <coughs> when when everything's not properly going according to plan, um, so I think um, yeah, you know the two banks of four can work to a certain extent, but like you say, it's all about concentration and being organised. I'm interested, Richard. In in, I mean, we touched on this earlier about options from the bench. Sam's just mentioned it there from Man City's perspective, mm. but as long as we keep all of our players on the pitch um, it is going to be interesting to see and I don't want to sound pessimistic but say we fall behind or go behind it's going to be interesting to see how Poyet changes it with these sort of offensive if you like substitutions because I think the likes of Jack Arena are going to start on the bench again aren't they? Yeah well well he will certainly yeah. Key will play a certain I don't, I don't yeah. think Jack Arena will be involved I think well in, bar yeah. the injury thing I think every, every, every bench needs to have an impact player or two or three I, th- I think somebody an unknown quantity somebody like an unknown quantity like a Mavrias like even a Watmore someone that hasn't been scouted hasn't been looked at and that you know maybe is a little bit of a surprise element just to bring in for the last 10 minutes of a game if if they're still chasing it down if they're not you know out of sight by then mm. if if, the, if there's a game there to be won throw them on and, and let's see, see how they do Do people think he's going to change his, t- his, his team much from the Southampton game? Uh, probably but um but I think, like you say, Key is now 
become a key player and yeah. he's, like you said that's his position to lose and he, he looks like he's going to grow into that um, there's always the possibility you might change one of the full backs mm. could you say last, last should, managers like Larson <laughs> <laughs> managers like Larson don't they can he score again can you see him mm-hmm. coming back in for, for perhaps um, Gardner Mm, he's the man that keeps coming back, isn't he? He's, mm. he's the irrepressible Seb Larson. Uh, mm-hmm. I think what Sometimes managers the, the, see in the, him the is the fact that he two favourite players scored the goals of the night. He puts the work, and I think I think a lot of managers see that that he does he does what they're asked, which could be very significant for a game like this where you could be chasing mm. shadows a lot. Are, are, yeah. are City going to be making any changes? Do you, do you reckon, Sam? Um, I mean, I, I can't really see. Um, I mean, unless I think the one thing for, uh, is David Silver. He came off um, towards the uh, midway of the second half, and there was reports going round that he's apparently he had to stay in Manchester when he was meant to be at doing a press conference for some tourist Spanish tourist board in London or something like that. But I think that's just a case of you know getting to recover from the from the game rather than that. But you know, you saw Pellegrini take off quite a lot of the big guns um, once the game was pretty much done and dusted with on Tuesday night so I think at the, at the minute I think he has found that starting 11 uh, especially when you look at you know Aguero and Negredo I can't rate that partnership highly everyone's talking about uh, Suarez and Sturridge uh, Robin Van Persie and Wayne Rooney but I think uh, I think both Sturridge and Suarez and Rooney and Van Persie between them have 13 goals each partnership but I think at the minute it's something like 22 goals from Aguero and Negredo so um, I think in terms of attacking wise he definitely knows what he's going to be doing um, who, who's going to be picked uh, the big talking point again is will Pantillimon play or will it be Joe Hart Hodgson's come out today hasn't he backing Joe Hart saying he's England's number mm, one yeah. um, I, I, it's one of them I think there's, there's no question about it considered, um, a bit of Joe a, Hart's, considered a bit of a dodgy one here last season as well Adam Johnson yeah he did, yeah, he did yeah, that, it, again down to his left hand side um, but I think it, it's not a case of you know will he come back for Manchester City again it's when I think is the big question um, if Pellegrini sees it a bit too soon um, for him to come back on Sunday Pantillimon is able to, to step in there I mean he, he's not really been tested um, the games that he's played at the minute but I think as well for me um, the big question is left back because Gail Clichy is in a bit of a rut at the minute. I think he's uh, his form's dipped. When we first signed him from Arsenal, he he was in a similar phase at Arsenal. Um, you know the Arsenal fans were saying, "Oh, you know you, you've bought a dud there, pretty much." But then he came on and uh, he was absolutely phenomenal for Manchester City. And then all of a sudden now this season, he's sort of his pace has sort of slowed down a bit, and uh, and he's getting beat quite easily. You know, not not really stopping the cross. And and on the other side of the coin, collar off who um, a lot of City fans were, were laying into last season and the season before that. Um, he, he's absolutely flying. He's improved you know, 10 times and he, he looks like he can defend now for once. So, um, yeah, I think Pellegrini's sort of sussed out what his starting eleven is and it, it's just a few minor changes, but he's definitely got that system in place now and everybody seems to be working towards it at the club and uh, you know, we're seeing the, the effects of it. It's just whether or not the, uh, the the team can maintain that 100% concentration throughout a match and see the game through. Mm-hmm. Sam's mentioned there, Gareth, they've got a settled, sort of settled 11. It's in stark contrast to the situation mm. we have. I don't know when the last time we could openly speak about which 11 players were going to take the pitch, what system they were going to play. Can that be a good thing or not? 
Um, I'm cl- yeah, you know me, clutching the straws here. I don't know. Um, I mean, the, the players that we've got who keep coming it in. Doesn't it? fill me with confidence, Sam. Say Man City coming in with oh, a right. set, with yeah, a, with yeah, a set yeah. eleven. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, but yeah, um, I think our our situation really is. Yeah, we we've got an unsettled eleven, but. You know, it's the same. You know, Man City will know what to expect from Sunderland. I mean, the, the players who keep getting back in are the players who've been here for four, five, six years, so they'll know what to expect. But at the same time, those same players have done the job on Man City. You know, three three home wins, um, a point away from home in in the season that they won the league, four points off the Champions that year, and Larson actually scored twice at their place, didn't he? So mm-hmm. you know, bring him bring him back in. Maybe I don't know. I mean. You know, we we'll talk about this. We'll talk about this later. But I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see Larson come back in, maybe for Gardner, because just Gardner just doesn't affect the game at all. Like for me, just doesn't do enough. But I mean, where, what, is there any areas, Sam, like you, you you look at Sunderland and you think, oh well, maybe there's somebody you could get some, you know, could cause us a few problems. I know it's it was always used to be Sessegnon until we sold him, and it's looking a bit sparse for us now with us being you know four points from ten games, but. You know, if you can really scratch your head and rack your brains and think of somebody <laughs> who might cause you some problems, that would make us all feel a lot better. You phone a friend um, if you want. <laughs> you, you might be surprised actually at this, but I do actually quite rate that Jacarini. Um, when he came in um, at the start of the season, I thought, you know, you, you've got quite a good sign in there. Um, he did well in in uh, Syria, and uh, he, he started quite brightly. Obviously, the change of manager and stuff, and the new sort of ways of playing and stuff but I think he's definitely one to look out for especially you know with, with sort of not too settled back four obviously with Vincent Company being out um, maybe Richards coming back in he might play uh, but you know I think he's quite a danger man for you and we you know we've seen he can strike the ball and, and stuff like that again Larson you mentioned him he's a he's a great player he scored two against us um, at home uh, this season we won the league, wasn't it? Mm. Um, so yeah, you know there are there are players there that can do damage. It's a case of you know will they get that confidence and um, will they get the chance really to? Um, and w- when they do it, will it happen? I mean, Adam Johnson completely missed off Adam Johnson there. You know we all know what a player he can be on his day. Um, and it's again, I think with Adam Johnson, it's such a shame really because he, when he was at City. Um, when he started out, he, you know, he looked, you know, completely fresh and, um, you know, he was willing to take anyone on and stuff like that. And then he just sort of seemed to creep down a bit, whether the players had learnt to play against him or he just wasn't firing all, on all cylinders or he didn't really, you know, have the confidence to. But um, I think, you know, on his day, he can do damage. Like we saw last season, he scored against us. He was willing to take that shot on um, and, it, you know, it paid off for him. So, you know, there's always the danger there. Mm. A few smirks at the suggestion. Seb Larson's a great player in the studio <laughs> at the moment. Uh, Jack Arini might have to do it from the bench also. But I know you push for time, Sam. You've got a, you've got a programme to present. So, before you go, you must be confident. You must be. You said you've got to settle the 11. Give us a prediction. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, boys, but I'm going to have to go for 3-0 City. It's <laughs> kind. <laughs> it's emphatic. Guests are normally more diplomatic than that, but uh, yeah. thanks. You can't blame him. <laughs> yeah, thanks for your time, Sam. No worries. All the best this season. Cheers. Cheers. Thank Cheers. Thank you. Bye bye. We're just going to finish up now before we do the question of the week thing. I just want to know. 
a bit loosely what what people think um, about how we're going to set up personnel and the like. Gareth Poyet has decided when he played against Newcastle, he went four four two, and I think he done that so we had two strikers, both as options, you know, to hit so we could get the ball away from the midfield battle. Now, Man City's midfield is significantly better than Newcastle's midfielder. We're going to see a similar approach, do you think? I know we've already touched upon it, but um, yeah. it's, it's an interesting debate, isn't it? Because we've always said previously on here, me specifically, that packing the midfield, the midfield three, would be the best way to tackle that sort of problem when a side is better better with you in possession, etc. Yet, Poyet played four four two and tried something mm. different, and it generally worked, what we're thinking. I, I think he might... Well, Man City play four four two, don't they? P- pretty much. So I think he might match them up and do the same and try and do what he did against Newcastle. Get um, the ball out, call back and key in the middle, and and just maybe if maybe play Fletcher a bit deeper and have him as the link, mm. and then because against Newcastle, he almost Richard he didn't have a link, did he? He was mm-hmm. hit, he was hitting them. You know, the the Aladon Fletcher they were like. They were they were targets almost just to get the ball, call yeah. back and cut, call back and cut them all. We're getting the ball away from that certain midfield battle mm-hmm. in any way which they could. They were going wide, they were going forward. Yeah, is it going to be similar? Do you think? Gareth? I think bo- Gareth's just said there. I think both both kind of Altidore and Fletcher on that on that day were were taking turns really to drop deep yeah. and to to you know to spread the workload. Yeah. yeah, and play play between the lines, which is which is the key to it really. It's not playing off the shoulder of the last man. It's playing playing between the lines and it's making intelligent runs. Putting themselves into positions and you know holding the ball up to to get help from the midfield that should be assisting them and making sure that there's always going to be options on the ball. It's it's not that difficult when you talk about it and you just kind of break it down into keep the ball, pass the ball six yards, don't waste the ball. But Sunderland seem to have made it made an art out of making it complicated. <laughs> and maybe, maybe Sunday is a time when when they they might get it right. Mm, any preferences, Paul, for lineups or personnel or anything? I do like the idea of the two the two big centre forwards making their defence work hard mm. and similar to Newcastle. Then yeah, and yeah. you have seen I don't know, can't remember the guy's name with the long hair came on for City. Who's apparently careless. He looked dreadful. You know, he looked out of touch. Whether he's had time to catch up with the the English game yet, we don't know. But they, that looked to me like a, an opportunity to be mm. exploited. Mm. Crowd's going to help again, Gareth. Big. Mm. We we'll keep saying this is a tricky fixture list. Sunderland and Poyet are having a deal with, having a cope with. But we said prior to the Newcastle game, it could help us in a strange way. The crowd, an early goal certainly helped. Mm. Um, but the crowd, with respect to sides like Southampton, for example, because we've just played them, it's going to be a full crowd. It's going to be full house. The stadium's going to be loud. You would have thought it's mm. got to help, hasn't it? No, it will. It, I, I'm sure the kind of game it's going to be that they'll. You know, have every opportunity to, you know, try and urge them to. That it's that encouragement in their jobs are doing. People will understand that we're there, and we're. It's going to be. It's not going. To, we're not going to be pretty. Like mm-hmm. we're not going. To, I don't think we're going to do what we did against Southampton. I think no, you will. No. Two banks of four and like two up front, maybe Fletcher a bit deeper, and then you got an outlet. And it's going to be. Can we hold it? It's going to be a case of can we hold it once it's once we've got it away. And then we're going to have to build from there. Someone's going to have to hold it, maybe out the door, winning free kicks, bringing Fletcher into the game, and then build from there. But I don't think we're going to have much, atta- much attacking threat at all, to be honest. Mm. When, when it just because I don't think we'll have enough of the ball to create enough attacking opportunities. But he might, he might be, you know, he might decide. Well, I'm going to, you know, I'm going, I'm going to try and play out, and I'm going to, you know, be, you know, I'm going to play in this in the same way as he did against. Uh, 
um, Southampton. Mm, so who knows? I'll be a bit suicidal doing that. I think mm. Richard will be interesting then. If we assume and he isn't going to do that, what Gav's just said, he, he, and he will revert back to the sort of the way he played against Newcastle. It's going to be interesting when he can sort of bring his ideology through then, because like we said, well, it was said earlier, he used last night, it was a cup game, so it was almost a safety net for him. Um, because we've got more tough fixtures coming up soon, and there isn't is much breathing space, is there, to try and bring this in? No. Eventually, no. he's going to have to sort of, you know, take the bull by the horns and go with it in the Premier League. I think he's been sensible with the fact that he's not doing too much at, at once. I think maybe after the clo- you know during the close season, Paolo Di Canio maybe tried to do too much in in changing the the ideology, changing the the, the mentality, as he as he kind of constantly said it's a, it's a revolution. Um, and I think Poyet is kind of going for evolution, not revolution. Mm. <laughs> Absolutely, Gareth. We're going to get on our. Uh Question of the way, or do you want to do the predictions? Shall we do the predictions? You're a bit, you're a bit upset that we didn't do the predictions wasn't upset last week because it didn't have to. He seemed it. upset, Richard, didn't he? That we didn't do <laughs> he the predictions. Did, he did. He, yeah, he did. <laughs> did I seem upset, Paul? No. Thank you. <laughs> He's just trying to balance it out and be like, "Go on, then you can start." <laughs> Me. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say two nil to Manchester City. Nice and positive, Richard. <laughs> I think football will be the winner, <laughs> <laughs> which means we'll lose also. Yeah, yeah I, I, I think it's going to be tight up until Sunderland are going to play really well. They're yeah. going to do the jobs really well up until about eighty-five minutes. I can't say the goal one stupid yeah, goal. I was going to go with pretty much exactly the same thing. One nil after playing. Okay, Paul. Yeah, I'm going to go the other way then. I want to Ooh, say one nil to us. I think good we'll, lad, good somebody, lad. be it Alan Johnson or somebody, Adam Johnson, sorry, or someone else, will will have a flash of brilliance. After about an hour or so of having held our own, Barini come off the bench and do it again. That would be that. nice. It'd be nice for Aldo to get one, wouldn't it? Yes. You know he deserves one. Um, so let's hope he gets it. Well, last can get another. If he scores an important goal for soon, Aldo, the roof's going to come off the stadium. Mm-hmm. I think. I think it? everyone's with him on yeah, there. So yeah. But it'll, it'll be interesting. To, you know, it's even Manoni keeps his place as well. That's that's an interesting one. Actually, we never really talked about. Mm. Do you think he will? I think I think Manoni was quite good. Like yeah, that. he did yeah, well. Actually, actually. he looked quite good. Yeah, it's yeah, quite yeah. good. It's mm. not something you always look for in a goalkeeper, mm. but he did tend to be mm. not frightened to play it short to a man. Yeah. If, there's any, if there's any injury doubt whatsoever, Westwood, he's not going to change. No. I wouldn't. Throw. Against Hull, he also picked out uh, Fletcher a fair few times with mm-hmm. his long kicking. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. it's kind of that that kind of role that that Poyet wants his goalkeepers to play. Always kind of playing almost like kind of a, a centre centre halves mm-hmm. role, and some of his distribution from the back. Was quick and it, and very very kind of accurate as well, hitting Fletcher every time, and it was it was you know if if they had eleven men on the pitch, it might have been all right. Mm. And also, just if would you um, if he was going to play five in the middle, um, would you would you keep Gardner in? Me? Would you keep Gardner in? Um, as much as I criticised Larson, I probably wouldn't know. I'd probably bring Larson back in. Yeah, same. Yeah, I'd have, I'd have Larson over Gardner. Yeah, so now. Lego. Good God, I can't believe I'm even here. Yeah, yeah. 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 Get on your question of the week before anybody holds me okay. Um Yeah, so I was a bit disappointed with the response, actually, so you should have a word with yourselves out there. Um, yeah, because puns, you know, it was actually <laughs> Stephen couldn't think of a pun. He's only had a week, so I think he's come up with something. Have you come up with something? Yeah. He's got one. Mm-hmm. He's got one. Um, so, yeah, the, it was uh, in celebration of Steve Bruce, really. Um because you know he outdid himself if this week. If he could week. do such a thing, yeah, I, I, and out, he outdid himself this week with, especially with his catamole comment, which ne- nearly made his 
kung fu kick my television across the room um so yeah the, the question of the week was uh, a pastry product or food pun on a footballer's name Sunderland would have been good but if it's not it's not essential I've got some um, appropriate music because it, it does crikey <laughs> I mean he does shake it Brucey doesn't he he sort of dance against <laughs> oh, Newcastle so don't I'm, get, I'm getting an image that I don't want to ever yeah, get yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. just pouring that milkshake down oh, stop it right yeah um, so come on then yeah have I left them across the have you lost them again he does this every week he leaves, he leaves the answers the other side of the studio yeah they're in no particular order um, Kevin Kevin Butler um, had uh, lasagna diara Johan Kebab obviously someone had to have that chow mein de four <laughs> good <laughs> <laughs> I like that one is the better ones than that because yeah. mine's rubbish already yeah. compared to that JLC Tush I can't get past Ricardo Pasty in my head. I've spent ages thinking about pa- pastry and now I'm Is just that hungry. Is that Yeah. Ah, right. Right. Paul Orley, Brian Eclair, Steve Cherry Pie, Ian Tart, Patissier and Bomber, Saf Gamas, Gabriel Pasty Tutor, Graham <laughs> Davidson, Can I Have Robin Van Pasty? You can. Mark Triggs, uh, Neil Savaloy Dippoli, <laughs> <laughs> Thomas Stollinson. Mark O'Flan Baston, Philo Manone and Custard Tart Poom, Richard James Purden, Anthony Philip David, Terry Frank Donald, Stanley Jerry Gordon, Stephen James, Old Cake. Very good. Alex Lee, Super Kev, Gavin Henderson, Johnny Croissant, I Love Supreme, he claims he's won on this one, I don't believe he have, but Sausage Rolly Gregoire, <laughs> Kevin Bell, Ryan Shortcrust. <laughs> Um, Ross Varnum Collier <laughs> I mean this one isn't really a pun but I'm going to allow it because it made us laugh Steak Beckenbauer um, Stotty Parker and this, <laughs> I think this might be the winner I'll, I'll read, I'm going to say that's the winner but um, Luke Bowley had um, Paolo Dimebar I don't even know who that's a pun of Dem- is it some Dem- Dem- I don't know, Dem- Dem- I don't know. but yeah Ross Varnum Collier I think Dime is Bar-Bar. the Dimebar Bar. The, yeah, um, Ross Varnum Collier's winner, I think, was definitely this one. It was on a theme in the last few weeks. It was uh, John Barnes Carvery, so <laughs> <laughs> which I quite liked. So yeah, that's that was all we had this week. So I think Richard's got loads. I, I wrote some down. I was I, was, I kind of prepared. Yeah, we'll um, get them out. Right, it's like the you, and Phil, you, you, you could have given you could have given me a couple, and I would have pretended I'd prepared but, as well. But no, you and Phil yours. Um, I've kind of categorised them into. <laughs> pastries and, and you haven't then thought about food. this much not he's, dog, he's, no. lam- he's laminated the sheet <laughs> Lattice Ibrahimovic doesn't really work that one Bra- Brad Strudel Pretzel Check good Pie Camara Fabio Bellini Bellini mm, quite good yeah Rivita Manoni <laughs> Joe Tart yeah and Sergio Biscuit Biscuits mm, I like that one none of the food I've got uh, Jean- <laughs> Jean-Pierre Gratin um, Bakery lasagna and Lee casserole. Lee casserole. Well That's done. All right, yeah. Mine was Paolo. Pa- what was it again? <laughs> Paolo Ferrara Rocher. Yeah, that's, that's all right. Yeah, you know yeah, that. Yeah. I didn't mention this to you, Paul. So if you haven't got anything, that's no, fine. So, no. so I did. Pasty Gallagher. You have to go for an old one. <laughs> I've got one more as well. I thought of in the car. I've just remembered. On, Key lime pie. Good. Okay. Well, Gareth, yours, my better be, yours better be good then. Well, it's Alfred and Die. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something to do well for it. It's, it's got, got Alfred and Die in it, but <laughs> I have done the entire Crikey. 25 man Sunderland squad for this season. 
Kieran Wesslers, Vito Panettone, Grill Bardsley, Andrea Dorsa, na, Wes Brown Sauce, Andre Celeriutska, John Ocean Pie, Madibo Dear Kitkat, Carlos Quayleg, Valentin Robergine, El Haji Barbecue, Kisung Yum Yum, Kebab Ral, Seb Pasty and Larson, Kate Gardner, Edam Johnson, Jack Colback Bacon, David Corn, David Moberger Carlson, Emmanuel Jacobini, Lee Sausage Roll, Chorizo Mavrias, Alfred and Pie, Stephen Fleischer, which is German for meat if you did German GSSE, Fruit Corner Wickham, Josie Baltidor, P Dong One, Haribo Barini, and Danny Golden Graham, manager Couscous Poyet. Well, if I, had a, if I had a sound effect of some <laughs> clapping and an applause, I would do it now. Yeah, there's a couple of the lads that worked help us with the, the like, Couscous Poyet was one of the lads and um, don't, uh, don't, Edam don't, Johnson. Don't share the credit out, take it, take it but off. But yeah, the Josie Baltador one, I had um, Josie Al- Altoido, but I th- you remember Altoids, the mm-hmm. sort of mints and tins? No. But yeah, Baltidor came to us this afternoon, so I quickly scribbled out Altoido, but yeah. That's what I did at work this I'm week. I'm glad we'll let you finish because I wouldn't have been able to follow that, actually. Yeah, to be so honest. there you go. That's what I do with my time. Um, so, <laughs> um, also just, <clears throat> obviously, since we've got subs and in from ALS, and we should mention that um, ALS were nominated for Best Fanzine uh, for the um, FSF Awards, um, which is pretty good, I think, mm. considering the calibre of the, the the stuff that's on there. So and we didn't get nominated for the best podcast. Well, I don't know how that if Jamie Carrigan can get in the list yeah. for best pundit, I'm sure yeah. there's a chance for you. A chance, but yeah. So I like Jamie Carrigan. I don't mind. Him. You should get online. I don't speak Scouse. <laughs> <laughs> you should get online, and uh, if you go to the FSF website or you Google the FSF awards, um, you'll be able to find out. It's really simple to vote. Actually, it's basically just a point-and-click survey. I've done it seven or eight times already. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so. Congratulations to Love Supreme, I think, on that. Um, and final bit of housekeeping again, Sports Bite panel. If you're out there and you're listening, you're attending Sunderland University and you're doing a broadcast qualification, a journalism qualification, any sort of creative qualification, and you're involved with Spark, or you want to be involved with Spark, which you should be if you're doing that, um, and you're a fan of Sunderland, big Sunderland fan, get involved with Sports Bite, and as a result of that, you can get become part of a Sports Bite panel um, where basically gradually we'll integrate you and then you will be able to guest on the program um and, and we'll it'll be on a rotational thing so we're trying to get a a good group together of passionate Sunderland supporters so get in touch on twitter um at wise men say pod as it's called now and um or you get in touch with sports bite or spark and they'll get in touch um with us accordingly okay next week we there's an international ga- uh, break so we would probably Gonna have to spend the full thing talking about the Man City game, <laughs> so so he is hoping we don't get absolutely annihilated because that won't be fun. We'll probably get about ten people tuning in and listening. Thanks for listening this week. Uh, over and out. <laughs>
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 